0: This is Jordan Stewart and you're listening to Soccer Sub. Go listen. I'm Banta. Here.
1: Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs podcast. Now pay me. Pay me in cash, boys. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: thank you for attending the Soccer Subs podcast, the number 1 podcast covering soccer in New York City and all over the world. Let's give it up for Ronnie. Let's give it up for Christian. And let's give it up for you, the Soccer you. Subs podcast.
3: The Soccer Subs podcast, it's game on.
0: Ladies and
1: gentlemen, the show
0: starts in five, four,
4: three, two, one, let's rock.
3: What's going on, everybody? welcome to the soccer subs podcast episode 29 my name is ronnie i'm your host joined here by my two soccer subs co-hosts christian and eric and we're also joined by two of our special guests vas and Cayo. fellas how you guys doing we took a little break roughly two weeks we are back how you guys doing episode 29
2: Oh man, episode 29. First of all, I have to say thank you to Cayo and Bas and obviously you and uh, and Eric. Man, this community just feels good, man. It feels good to be back. It feels like a month when we don't speak to each other every other week. Episode 29, the number of uh, Eric's favorite soccer player, Alvaro Morata. Welcome
4: to the Soccer Sobs Podcast. Uh, you know, episode 29. Morata at Chelsea, but, you know, Werner, Morata, you know, same player at the end of the day, you know. Anyways, no, we're back, you know, we got a, psh, what an amazing week of football, you know. So much to talk about, so little time, but, you know, I'm looking forward to what's coming up next.
3: All right, and we got our boy Voss and Cayo coming off the bench for our boy Hugh, who couldn't make it today. Fellas, how you guys doing, Voss.
5: Doing great, man. Pleasure to be back. Always a good time when we have a nice little
6: soccer conversation. Pleasure to have you back, Cayo. Last time I was on here, uh, we had football on the daily and unfortunately with competitions coming to an end it's uh, every other day but it's just been crazy since then
3: well thank you guys for being on with us and for the soccer fans we have a big show for you guys today as always we have a special guest joining us a little later super excited for this one we've been looking forward to this one he plays for the u.s men's national team he wears number seven in the midfield for dc united it's a true pleasure. We're joined by the one and only Paul Ariola. He's coming up in a little bit. Super excited to pick his brain. Oh man, talk U.S. men's national team. He was over at Swansea. He's had a heck of a career. He's a young guy, so super excited to talk to him a little later on. And fellas, since we last recorded, oh man, we took a little break. I think, you know, it was good for all of us. So much soccer news to get into. Rafa Benitez is the new head coach of Everton. Tottenham Hotspur have their new head coach, Nuno Espiritu Santo, that is official. Not even mentioning the Euros action. A lot of craziness going on over there. Croatia is officially out after uh, Spain beat them 3-5. to Portugal and Ronaldo are out after Belgium beat them 1-0. And I haven't even gotten to the biggest upset. France is officially out after losing to Switzerland in penalties. What a game. We'll definitely have to get into that in a little bit. Eric, I feel like we have so much more, man. What else am I missing?
4: Mention any Ronaldo losses on this podcast, but no, no, no. Uh, to be, um, you know, more related to the news, no, we have Jadon Sancho, who has uh, it's official, he's joining Manchester United on an amazing deal. You know, hopefully, he doesn't become another Alexis Sanchez or Depay. You know, we have UEFA uh, scrapping away the away goal rule. I'm um, looking forward to how Champions League is gonna you know roll out for the next season. We're closer to joining PSG. Wow, my captain. Joining PSG. What, what, you know what? That is so sad. And we have Depay, who signed as a free agent for none other than Barcelona. Add another forward to your front line. You know, Barcelona, you're so greedy. And last but not least, we have Barcelona. Messi, where are you signing? Are you staying? Are you leaving? He's currently unemployed. He's looking like me right now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And fellas, one last thing too, Copa America action. We got the quarterfinals all set. We got the last eight teams, Peru, Paraguay, Uruguay, Colombia, Brazil, Chile, and Argentina, Ecuador, which me and Christian are not looking forward to. (laughs) But anyway, fellas, we got to get into these games. Euros actions have been crazy. The Euros have not disappointed. Got to ask you guys, what's been one game that stood out to all of you guys? I mean, France has been probably the biggest game, but we also had Spain in action, Germany. Eric, let me start that one off with you, man. I feel like you always set the tone for us. What was one game that stood out to you from all the Euros, man?
4: I mean, right off the bat, I think a game that most people overlooked, definitely for me, was Austria versus Italy. Uh, It's funny. I wasn't at home watching that. I was actually at the park um, for a party, just watching that on my phone, you know, completely ignoring the party. But, no, I I thought that game was amazing, you know. I mean, for starters, I'm glad because – um. As a Real Madrid fan, it's good to see that Alaba's joining us because he's just a, such a fantastic footballer. Honestly, he played so good for that Austrian side, uh, you know, definitely leading that team. And the Austrians pushed that Italian side, who many have as, you know, potential favorites, definitely a top-two team, definitely uh, a top team in this Euro competition, and they pushed them to extra time. You know, they played with hard, They played with passion. Uh, you know, they managed to get one back against the Italians, but um ultimately, you know, Chiesa, fantastic season this season for um, Juventus. He he scored the opener and then um, Locatelli scored the second and he sealed the win for Italy. Definitely an amazing game from, you know, neutral fan perspective. And I'm excited to see this Italian-Belgium confrontation. And another game that I really, really enjoyed was um, Czech Republic versus Netherlands was definitely another favorite for me. Um, Sadly, I'm wearing their jersey. Netherlands got (laughs) booted out. But um, Czech Republic, you know, what an amazing team. You know, I think this is what what football is all about, you know, the underdog, you know, managing to, you know, just get a win. Obviously, Netherlands were, you know, heavy favorites, but um, I- I've said this since the beginning. Frank de Boer, he's, uh, and it's reason why he's unemployed at the moment. Frank de Boer was never a good fit for Netherlands, and it was it was clearly evident. You know, Matthias de Ligt, you're still young. You know, that red card. Yes, it was silly. It was a silly handball, but you know, mistakes happen. You had another youngster, Mbappe, who made mistakes as well, but um, hopefully he bounces back from this. Czech Republic, you're doing amazing. I'm looking forward to your games, and someone to look out for is Peter Schick. He definitely raised his value after this Euro because he's been playing an amazing Euros this whole summer.
3: Awesome, Eric. Let's get into our, <laughs> our special guest real quick. Bas, let me get let me get your take on what was the one game that stood out to you.
5: The one game that stood out to me which is why I even had to whip out the Spain jersey, was the <laughs> Croatia game, gentlemen. To say as a neutral it was a spectacle would be an understatement because it had everything you'd like in soccer. It had a comeback. It had the favorites somehow being ahead. It had the, a 90th-minute equalizer. And tactically, it was an incredible game to watch. I just think that Croatia's head coach just thought he was a little too cheeky trying to, to just – in this first half of extra time by putting an attacking midfielder at a left back position and just Spain the entire game not just the 90 minutes the 120 just overloaded that left-hand side and exposed them and scored even not just those two game-winning goals but I think their first goal or Aspilicueta's goal was the one that also started with that uh, little combination that was uh, like Gaia and Pedri
6: and just beautiful game in my opinion.
3: Awesome, and Caio, we gotta get your takes, man. What was one game, one or two games that stood out to you from the, the Euros these past I, weeks? I think,
6: other than you know, Ronaldo crashing out, you know, Eric really <laughs> loves that, but Ronaldo and Morata's going farther than Ronaldo in this competition. Uh, I would have to say, one of the classic Ouch. games that I I I actually you know kind of had a connection was the Ukraine game. Not only because Ukraine, I was going for Sweden that game, but. Andrei Shevchenko is one of the players I grew up watching as a player at AC Milan, and he just stood out for me. He was so good. But, you know, see him doing that as a player and then a few years later as a coach to get Ukraine to their to this knockout stage where they've never been. For me, you know, you have to have a lot of weight on your back to carry a nation to to where they are because it's it's not common to see a nation like Ukraine go this far when you see like Netherlands, France, all out. And by a player that has history as a player and now as a coach, for me, that's a phenomenal story. And it's there's still a lot to come.
2: kind of reminds me of what Zidane did with uh, Real Madrid. You know, everybody looks up to a player who uh, played for your team. And uh, I guess there's more credibility. So I definitely, <laughs> yeah, Eric Madrid. yeah, of course, man. So the, the, all those things take in consideration.
6: And other than that, too, you know, they have uh, Kevin De Bruyne and his sons carrying the team, so. <laughs> props props to him baby KDB and Christian close it out what was one game or one was one game that stood out to you
2: I mean I'm still surprised nobody's talking about the so famous group of death all of them dead uh I think that you had some really great games for me it was shocking to see France being knocked out I wasn't expecting Switzerland to be as fearless as they were on the field. Basically, I just want to know who that number fourteen guy is, uh, Steven Suber, man. I, I I gotta be honest with you, I've never seen him play, but the way he dominated that left flank for me was very impressive. A lot of things to consider. I think uh, me and Eric were talking, uh, uh, we're talking about it at work. I'm like, what's going on with France? Because uh, some of the times it seems like they're waiting to counter uh, a team that they should be pressing high and trying to find the connections between Benzema and Bappe and Griezmann. I think they waited too long. Uh, they only started playing literally after the 55th minute when Rodriguez missed that penalty. And then you saw the momentum being shifted. I have to give props to Switzerland because being down 3-1, it's no easy task. And as an S spectator, everyone's saying this game is dead. I know French players were waiting on the moment. We're like, okay, when's the whistle going to blow? But just to just to take this thing, it's like you got to pay attention the way teams are playing because they were just waiting for those moments. And I think the coach did a really good substitution with Mbappé, who was the person who crossed that ball into the box so they can find their number nine to head it again. I feel really bad for them like, on the first goal. But most importantly, that third goal, if you really take a few seconds to analyze it, the movements of the forward, the number 16, Christian, and then the other, uh, the number nine from the Swiss players, they were just waiting for uh, Granite Shaka to receive the ball. And both of them are spreading out wide. They're spreading out wide so they can find uh, the number 19 who scored the, the third goal. Everybody's just finding uh, finding a way to spread out the French players' defenders' uh, defense, and then you see the number nine just going through the middle. Pembe is fighting with Raviot. He doesn't know what's going on, and that created a whole chaos that ultimately did uh, led to France losing the game. You know, after that, I think France wanted to win the game, but uh, Switzerland was like, no, we're taking this all the way. And then uh, we believe in uh, Summer, who is one of uh, Hugh's favorite goalkeepers. So congrats to uh, to Switzerland. And I don't know how far they can go, but they can damage any team.
3: Oh, fellas. And as for me, I mean, I mean, you guys already touched on that a little bit, but just to touch on the Euros as a whole, this these Euros have not disappointed in my opinion i feel like it's overshadowed the copa america just a little bit you know i think the action has been quality it's been a euros built for the underdogs and that's one story that we keep talking about you know in our previous episodes is we love seeing the underdogs perform first of all with denmark and you know the story of christian Eriksen, that was a whole beauty by itself we talked on that in the last episode sweden winning their group and you know who would have had sweden you know probably even getting by but Sweden winning the group and getting through comfortably you know in a pretty solid form you know of course Switzerland beating France going to penalties uh coming back you know like like Christian said you know uh, down 3-1 Ukraine beating Sweden I mean and, and just Czech Republic beating Netherlands Italy with Roberto Mancini there's so many storylines it's like it's insane like just we could go so many routes with with all this stuff but these euros have not disappointed and most importantly like you would think some of these teams, the top teams that haven't performed as well I'm talking France, Portugal, Germany, and possibly even Spain not being top form right now. But, uh, oh, man, for me, it's been a crazy Euro. I can't wait to get to the to the semis right now in the final. So we'll, we will regroup more with that. And all right, fellas, uh, before we get to Paul Arriola, we got to ask you. We know we did predictions last episode, but now I uh, wanted to ask you guys, what's your predictions to take it all? What's your team? Who are you guys going with? Eric, let me go with you first real quick, man. What's your take to, uh, to win it all?
4: Oh, man. I mean, first and foremost, I think it's going to be a Belgium-Ukraine final. But um, I think... <laughs> Belgium are taking it all, honestly, but it all depends on Kevin De Bruyne is, you know, being healthy. Kevin De Bruyne with, Bel- when Kevin De Bruyne is fit and playing for this Belgium side, they are just such a much better team. And it's clearly evident him, Lukaku, Thorgan Hazard, who's clearly the better hazard at this point. Amazing. <laughs> um, I, I really can't wait to see uh, how these, the rest of the Euros unfold, but I have Belgium winning it all.
6: Cayo, let me get your take. Who, who do you think is winning it all? I think there's, it's three words it's coming home (laughs) and uh but i i would like to see england win it you know i said last episode i want to see those countries that were dominant back then italy england you know we haven't seen them in so long and i would love to see italy england in a final and see let the let the best team take you know all respect to belgium but i don't think they could go far if they don't have a healthy hazard or kevin de bruyne
3: all right our boy vas who's your team to take it all man
6: so I had it as France at the start of the
5: tournament, but after game one, I just saw an Italian squad that just seemed inspired. They have a group of young guys who seem to all be playing for the like the shirt. A lot of them play in Italy and Serie yeah. A, and like it, it, it's like the, the team that works the hardest sometimes does get the reward at the end of the day. And even despite Spain being in their most inconsistent form, not in the most consistent form. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to penetrate an Italian team that's just seeming like they're on a roll. And I'd have to agree with Caio. I think England's going to make the final, but despite Southgate having a great tactical game against Germany, I don't think he's going to be able to beat an a Italian team that has yet to lose under this head coach.
2: All right, and Christian, to finish it up. I just think Vas has a lot of Italian friends and, you know, obviously – it was not wanted to hear them. But no, Italy uh, is a great team. I definitely do see them going through the finals. I also see England going through the finals. Uh, but I think the way they played against uh, Germany, they they show character. And I think they they're ready for the next challenge. And I see them taking it all.
3: All right. And as for me, oh I am I'm kind of torn between Belgium and Italy. But if I had to put my money, I'm going with Italy. Uh, and that's a hot take. But just because of all the hot work, hard work that I see Roberto Mancini doing with this team, they're playing beautiful football for me and I see them as a favorite. So we'll see what, that, what next episode brings for hopefully the final. And all right, fellas, we got to get to our special guest, Paul Arriola. You guys might have seen him called up to the U.S. men's national team. He wears number seven in the midfield for D.C. United. Christian, I know, was excited to definitely interview with Paul Arriola, Big rival of the Red Bulls. We know that for a fact. (laughs) Uh, But all right, fellas, let's get to Paul Arriola. He's coming up right now. Uh, Let's go. All right, soccer fans, we have a special guest joining the show today. He's a professional soccer player who's played for clubs such as Tijuana, D.C. United, and most recently over in England at Swansea. He's been called up to the U.S. men's national team, making his way up from the U-17s all the way up to the senior squad. He wears number seven for D.C. United in the midfield. It's a true pleasure to have him on the show. Let's please give a warm welcome to Paul Arriola.
2: <laughs> oh, Paul Arriola.
1: <laughs> Bravo, Paul. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for having me. <laughs> pleasure to be here.
3: Hey, Paul, that's our Soccer Subs intro, you know, we try to, we try to make it fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Paul, thank you so much for being on with us, man. A true pleasure, a true honor. Thrilled to have you on. First things first from all of us, from all three of us, how are you, man? How's your international break been? And adding on to that, it's been a crazy MLS season. Um, what's been your take of the season so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, thanks for asking how I am. I've been good. Um, obviously, coming back from an injury, you know, working myself back to kind of being a hundred percent, which, you know, isn't always, isn't always as easy as people think. Um, but I've been good. I've enjoyed obviously a little bit of time off, which I haven't had, you know, an extended time off like this for, for a little while. Um, so enjoying my, enjoying my, my few weekends, uh, to hang out, relax and, and kind of recover. And yeah, like you said, it's, it's so far been a, been a fun, uh, MLS season, like pretty much it seems every MLS season is. And yeah, I mean, you look, it, it's, it's been exciting, especially, for, for me being a part of DC and, and kind of a new coach, a new kind of new culture, new system, everything. So, yeah, it's just been really exciting. Obviously, itching to, itching to play, you know, and, and, and get the season back going, but, uh, you know, really happy so far with with kind of where we are despite the results, you know, and, and the standings where, where we currently are. But, um, yeah, really, really, really excited. And, and like you said, there's, I don't think there's a dull moment ever uh, in, in the season.
3: 100 percent, Paul. And hey, the season's still young. So, I mean, I know D.C. United can still make a run and uh, get to the top of the leaderboard. So uh, we're rooting you on and we're definitely keeping an eye on you. Okay. And hey, Paul, this is a follow up to that before uh, Christian goes real quick. I wanted to ask you, we just saw the U.S. men's team, you know, beat Mexico in the Nations <laughs> League final. What a game. Uh, you being a U.S. MNT player, I wanted to ask you, do you feel the U.S. MNT is in good hands? What's been your assessment of that team? You being a part of it as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you guys. I, uh, you know, I, I feel very positive about, uh, where we are, you know, currently, uh, being a part of the national team. I think, you know, since Greg Berhalter has taken over, it's been refreshing, right? The way that he goes about everything is, is, is very much, um, the professional way that, you know, talking about systems and tactics and, and the way that he's able to manage people, I'm, you know, he, he's, he's a tremendous coach. Uh, on and off the field you know you, you know i don't think he gets enough credit for for being uh the type of coach that he is that probably a lot of people don't see and you know for for the guys i mean look at i mean you look at our roster and you look at the guys that played and you think of the types of games that these guys have played in i mean it, it, they they have they have so much experience especially right now uh, in, in europe it's it's incredible it's incredible and and not just that but but i think the the player pool really uh is growing a lot uh, and you see the types of young players that are coming through and you see how hungry everyone is, regardless if you saw them in the friendly, if you saw them in Nations League, um, you know, when you see guys at the Gold Cup, everyone is going to be so hungry. And, and it's like this healthy competitiveness that that we kind of have within the pool. And for me, it's always been great, right? Like, I, you know, I think all of us can agree that we want the best for the national team and, and for our country, right. Uh, and for, for soccer in general, we want it to grow. We want to be better. We want to compete with the best in the world. We want to be the best in the world. And for me, I I love to see the the competitiveness. I love to see the guys, you know, that deserve to be there, be there and do well. And also that, that, that drives me even more. Uh, and, and so because it's, it's this healthy type of competitiveness, I think it, it also raises everyone's game. Um, you know, the more that, that we're successful and, and you see all these players playing in these huge clubs, you know, that's motivating for anybody, you know, especially the young guys to, to really love try and, try and up their game to, to potentially be a part of the national team to be a part of a big club in Europe. So I, I, you know, I really think it's exciting. And obviously beating Mexico um, is, is huge for us. Not, you know, it wasn't a friendly, it was, it was a, it was a huge game. It was a final. And, and, you know, hopefully if we get another chance uh, against them in the gold cup, we'll do the same.
3: It's definitely going to be a, a heck of a rematch if we face them again in the gold cup and uh, who even knows in the world, in the world cup.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It talks a lot about the mentality that the team has. And we're extremely proud. Paul focusing on, on, on your beginning as a soccer player, you know, you, you had to leave your home at the age of 15. I think we heard um, to go with the U S uh, national team residency Academy. And that must have been a turning point for you because Uh, the maturity that you that you had to have at that age it must have been something out of this world and one of the things that i wanted to ask you is you know for young players listening to this podcast what are some of the experience that you went through and how can players be prepared uh, to what's to come whenever they make that decision
1: yeah you're right i i did have to leave i I moved to florida with the under 17 national team um you know we had a residency program uh so what it was is we pretty much trained for two years and pretty much in preparation to, to go to, to the under 17 world cup. And at the moment it it was really what, what the federation and, and I think what, what the soccer country thought that, that it would be, it would be best to help develop players. Um, because at the time there was, there was, uh, no, um, you know, or high there, there was no high level of, of, the Academy and, and, you know, galaxy and, and, and you know, just a really high level the best players being around. And so I think for them, they wanted to try and replicate, you know, and and they wanted to improve and see, put, put these players in a professional setting where they're training every day. You're going to school uh, four or five hours a day, but, but your priority is playing. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I really did have, have to have to grow up fast. You know, I was a, at the time I was a, a soft, it was my sophomore year in high school when I moved. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't want to do it, you know, you, you know, in high school, you, you have friends, you have, you have, you feel like you have life going on, right? You, you have a girlfriend, you have all your friends, you're, you know, you're, you're part of an, another soccer team, all these things. But at the end of the day, like it was a no brainer, right? You, you know, you have to go. Um, and, and that was just kind of like one of the sacrifices that, that you have to make, especially as a young kid. Uh, if, if you want to, if you want to commit to it, you know, you have to commit to it hundred percent. And when I was there, you know, I, I was there. I loved it. Um, it was it was hard. You know, it was it was another step up for me. And it, was, it also showed me what it was like to to pretend, potentially be a professional. Um, you know, at the time I thought about college, I thought about turning pro. And if I do, is it, you know, within the MLS? Is it, you know, in Europe? Where where is it? And I ended up going to the World Cup and, and you know, I was only in, in the residential program for a year. And, you know, thankfully, I was chosen to, to be a part of the team, the World Cup team in the very end. And after that, I had decided that I wanted to be a kid again. You know, it, it, you don't you don't it's it, it was a very unique opportunity where I finished and I had the opportunity, you know, the uh, the option to continue on that road right away, you know, and go to Europe and, and be a part of an academy team. Or do I, you know, stay in MLS? Do I go back to high school? And honestly, I wanted to be a kid. I wanted to enjoy my friends. It was almost like I didn't have enough time to. I didn't have enough time to to enjoy it. And so I decided to go back to high school. And when I went back to high school, within like the first week, when I was showing up at 8 a.m. and I was leaving at three, and I was just like, "This isn't for me," you know. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to do school, but I don't want to. I don't want to go to school. You know, I want to be a professional. I, I feel like I'm wasting my time. And so you know, from that day, I knew that I was going to be a professional, I knew I wanted to, I didn't know where, but that, you know, I, of course, going to the World Cup opens um, many doors, especially for youth and, and the development aspect, it, it obviously intrigues a lot of clubs. And there was a lot of interest from Mexico, and, and as well as, you know, being a part of the Galaxy Academy. Um, and so that's why I went to the Galaxy Academy, you know, right after I finished my junior year of high school, because I decided, you know what, I'll do online school, you know, and and because I want to be a professional. So I'll go through the Galaxy Academy for a year and and hopefully sign with the first team. Uh, And then, you know, I kind of did that. I went through, I I did preseason with the first team. uh, And then I was able to make a choice to go to Mexico or to stay in in the U.S. And, you know, honestly, I thought my development would be much better in in Mexico just based on purely the schedule of games and and stuff like that. So, you know, it was a very unique opportunity that I had to, you know, I, I got to be a part of the national team. I got to see what it was like to be a professional and after i had experienced that i realized how much i missed hanging out with my friends and and just being a normal kid and then i got a minute of that and i thought this isn't for me you know so it, at that point i knew you know like i i i'm i'm willing to sacrifice everything i got to 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 get to where i want to be and accomplish my dreams and and so yeah but i mean i think for young kids that's that's what it's about realizing you know and and i i think especially now with all the academies that are in place and and just the, the training regimen that is going on uh, in the U.S. I mean I don't know if you guys played but back in my day I played I I would train two times three times a week you know like you know like people don't people at the time didn't have a lot of time to to take their kids to training and and you know there wasn't much belief in, in training four or five five times a week uh, and now I think it's completely different I think you know many MLS or all MLS teams are set up for success in, in that aspect where they have, you know, top of the line coaches, obviously amazing players, young players that they're able to develop. And these kids are also, you know, doing online school, focusing on on playing. And, and so I, I think, you know, not, we're not just talking about how good, how good and, 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 you know, what we are as a national team now. I think, you know, later down the road, we're going to see even more improvement and, and, and the types of players that we have are going to be unreal.
3: And hey, Paul, I'm, I'm glad you touched on it just a little bit with uh, playing over in Mexico. I wanted to ask you real quick on how that experience was like uh, playing in Tijuana, you know, and also how much of that experience playing in Liga MX for three, four years, how much of that helped mold you? Because some of these teams in Mexico, right off the bat, Guadalajara, Club America, some of these teams are top talent. So I wanted to ask you, what were some of your experiences? Yeah, there? I
1: loved it. I loved, I loved playing in Mexico. Look, like, you know, there's always going to be pros and cons of, of everywhere you go and every team and every coach and and all that stuff. Um, but like I had said, I went down to Mexico, you know, because you know Bruce Arena was the coach at, at the Galaxy when when I was briefly there uh, as a as a 17, 18 year old, and uh, I'll never forget he 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 saved my career in a sense. He, you know, I really want I I I explained to them that that I wanted to be a professional that. I wanted to, I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to sign a homegrown contract. And Bruce had just told me one day, uh, I'll never forget. We were in Santa Barbara. I'll never forget. He told me, he said, Paul, we'll sign you, you know, I'm going to sign you, but we kind of want you to go to school. You know, I don't think you're going to play this year. You know, you might play a little bit with the reserve team, but, but, you know, this isn't, you know, I don't, I'm not really planning on playing you. And for, for me, the honesty was the best, right? Because then, I was able to take that and say, okay, well, now I'm looking at reserve games. It's, you know, at the time, I think it was 12 reserve games in the, in the year. I'm thinking, well, if I'm too old to play in the academy and, and the youth system, and I'm only looking at 12 games a year, well, how am I going to develop? Um, and, and then you go to Mexico and it's the same schedule for the youth team as it is for the first team. So when you play Chivas, you know, the under 17s and under 20s play Chivas. And so for me, that was so vital. That was so crucial looking back on, on kind of why I chose to be, to go to Mexico and play in Tijuana was because of the, the, the constant game situation and the development, you know, and, and, you know, not to mention that there was a lot of Americans at the time in, in Mexico already, uh, especially Tijuana. Um, and I'm from San Diego. So it kind of made it that much easier to, to make that choice. I said, okay, I'll go down there. I'll play there. Uh, I don't know much Spanish, but I'll do it. And, you know, I'll just stay at home. I'll live at home in, in San Diego, across the border every day to go to training uh, and then come back. And, uh, you know, I, I it ended up being great. I ended up um, <laughs> developing quickly in, in the eyes of the the first team coach. Um, and then I, you know, I, I ended up first season. I didn't play one game with the U team. I, I played all my games with, with the first team, which was, which kind of helped me, uh, you know, jump up onto the scenes of, of and radar of, of everybody else. So, Yeah, that was definitely the the kind of how i got to to tijuana and why i chose to to go to mexico because really it was the honest answer of bruce because he could have easily told me you know hey we'll sign you and and you know yeah we'll see how you do uh but he didn't he told me he told me his honest answer uh and then you know it it ended up him being one of my national team coaches a few years later which was incredible
3: it's crazy how it all comes full circle No, that's amazing thanks paul yeah just fast forwarding a little bit, um, Paul, I wanted to ask you also on just for currently now with your with DC United, you're back in DC. I wanted to ask you what's been the soccer culture like under uh, the new head coach Hernan Lozada? And you know, how does he compare a little bit to your previous coaches at DC United? And I'm thinking uh, of your two previous coaches that you've had at DC United. So
1: yeah, Hernan has, has been great. Um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of understand like, it's it was a shock to the system, right? Um, which is essentially what what the, you know the higher ups in the organization wanted is, is we needed it to change it up. You know, obviously Ben was Ben Olson was a great guy and he, he was the one that that signed me with DC, and um, you know, but but he was very he had his way, uh, and not to say anything against his way, but when when you bring in someone new, you know, especially after a long time, coach, you want something different. You kind of know what you don't want at that point, um, and and what what I think the ownership didn't want is is someone who's going to kind of sit back and and kind of do the same thing that we've been doing or the club has been doing for years and years. Uh, so her, when Hernan came in, he he's brought a a complete different system. The way he works on the field, the way he works off the field, and it's you know it's been good because you know everyone is is able to adapt. In the beginning, it was a little crazy. Um, I think because you know you you just don't expect it but then once you kind of, once it settles in and you understand, you know, where you are and, and, and how the team is going to work and how we're going to, you know, go about things, then it just becomes habit. Right. And it just becomes, you know, this is your daily routine. Uh, and so for us, it's, it's been good. It's been, I mean, you know, playing on the field this year has been different than, than any other year, uh, regardless of the results, you know, and I've only played, I think in four games at the moment and it, you know, it's been good. It, I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's high energy. It's, it's a lot of running forward and not so much sitting back and just waiting and waiting. Um, I really feel like our team, you know, every game is kind of on the forefront pushing uh, regardless if we go down a goal or not, but you know, it, it's, it's exciting. It, it, it really is exciting. It's fun. We work, we work our butts off during the week. Um, you know what it's like to, to, to go outside in the middle of the day on the East coast. And, and, and then, you, you know, you work out, it's, I mean, you, you're exhausted, but, at the end of the day, every weekend when you're going out there and you're running more than the other team and you're feeling good and you're feeling confident, regardless of the result, um, you know, it, it, it's a pretty good feeling. So I think overall, we're, we're pretty excited about that and we're pretty confident that we're going to be getting a lot more better results uh, as the season goes on.
2: And Paul, well, one of the reasons you haven't had much games at the DC is because you were playing in Europe and it we're always proud when our players go overseas and have this opportunity to play in England, to play in Germany. And in your case, obviously, uh, what I wanted to ask you is how much did that experience mean to you and what valuable lessons do you take away from it?
1: Yeah, it, um, it taught, it taught me a few things, you know, obviously it was a, it was a short loan. And, and, you know, if you guys don't know the reason why I did, I decided to go on loan in the first place was because I was coming back from an ACL injury, um, and because of the MLS season, and we weren't quite sure when the season could potentially start this year due to COVID. I didn't want to not go without playing for four or five months, coming off an ACL injury that I had just worked so hard to get back from for nine months, you know. And the opportunity presented itself to me, and, and obviously, I you know there there you know there was a couple other options that I that I could have done. Um, for this loan, but, but I really wanted to go to Swansea. Obviously, I think it was just uh, one, a unique opportunity. You know, the, the thought of at the moment to potentially be a part of a team that goes up to the, to the Premier League. Uh, that's incredible. You know, that, that, that itself is, is worth the experience. And then getting over there, of course, I wanted to, I wanted to test myself and test the waters and see what it's like um, and see where the level is and, and, and you know, and potentially showcase yourself. Uh, and so that's kind of you know why I went over there. I was extremely excited. I was extremely optimistic about it. And I feel I I, I did everything that that I could in my power to, to to try and make a mark. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know I I can't control whether or not I play. All I could do is is train my best and and you know be a good teammate, which is definitely what I did. And and you know, unfortunately, I didn't get too much time to play. And then a couple injuries back to back kind of destroyed me. But. Um, overall, it was great. You know, I think if if anything, I walk away from it with a taste in my mouth that I want more, and one that I know that I could play at that level, uh, no problem. And two that, you know, I I want to I want to go back. You know, I I want to be able to to show that that I can play in Europe at at you know at a top in a top league potentially. You know, and those are things that that I think all players work for. And ultimately, you know, you you got to be happy with what you do and and and. You know, for me, yeah, of course, I'm extremely happy to be in D.C. Um, and, and be a part of the team and, and play play for D.C., represent them. But at the same time, you know, if you're if you're you know competitive and, and, and you're an athlete, you know, there's always that there's always that little bit that you just want more. You know, and, and I think it's just about finding the right situation and the right timing, because really, I think that's that's kind of what it is. It's it's just about opportunity and timing and, and doing the most with it.
2: And I love that because you talk a little bit about challenging yourself. And one of the biggest ones probably came when you had to play Pep Guardiola, who is one of the guys that uh, we adore at this podcast. Just me, actually. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, what is it like to play against one of the best, if not the best team in, in, in the world? Yeah, it it was
1: motivating you know one it, what an introduction <laughs> to go into uh, I, I think I had landed four days before the game or something like that and, and then was was thrown in uh, at the end against them but it was motivating you know you watch these guys and you watch the way that they play and you watch the the level that they're at uh, it's unreal I mean it, it really is it's unreal and and again like I said it was it was exciting it was motivating and and you never know in in, in soccer and football you never know. Uh, what could happen. Right. And, and I think that's kind of how, you know, we as a team approach the game is let's go out there and and, and just play, you know, and, and then when I got onto the field, I had nothing to lose anyways, you know, I, I really had nothing to lose. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I wouldn't, I would have preferred not to go up against the two center backs uh, play going in as a nine, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I had a great time. I thought it was an amazing experience and also to obviously see Zach uh, in goal for them was, was awesome.
3: Hey, Paul, um, one of my questions I had for you, um, kind of touching on Swansea a little bit, I wanted to ask you, obviously, We've seen the growth of the, of the league, the growth of the MLS. Um, you know, we've seen European players uh, come to the MLS. I'm, th- I'm thinking just recently, Kristen Fuchs from Leicester City coming to Charlotte and David Villa coming to like New York and all that. I wanted to ask you, you know, on your teammates at Swansea, do you, did you feel like they were definitely cognizant and keeping an eye on MLS? You know, I, f- I feel like other leagues are definitely keeping an eye on the league and wanted to get what your perception was of, you know, you just arrived from DC United and all that coming, going over to Swansea.
1: Yeah, man. It's, yeah, to answer your question, I'll be, look, I think, I don't, I don't, I think that the MLS has the potential to be the, the destination that, that every player wants to be. You know, the, the more that, the more year by year the, the league is growing so fast and the level is raising every year that, that everyone talks about MLS, right? Like, you, as soon as you go over, as soon as you go over there, they ask about MLS, you know, what's it like? What is this? How is this? How is, you know, how's flying? How are the games? How's the atmosphere? How many fans? I mean, everyone is always asking about it. Right. Um, and even when I was in Mexico, everyone, you know, a lot of players take me to the MLS. Oh, the MLS. I mean, it, I don't think that there's any there's any surprise that, you know, the United States and, and, and the MLS has the sky's the limit for the league because the desire to to come here. And so that's really exciting. Right. And I like, you know, like I just said, we see it every you know, you see it every year. That the level is is raising. There's being more money spent on teams. You know, obviously the the playoff stuff is is an interesting thing because you know we're we're a league that has you know a final and playoffs and all that stuff. But um, overall, I think year by year we're you know as a league we're 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 growing quick and with the willingness of of the organizations and the league to spend more money, you're gonna you're gonna see every year players that that are that have been playing at, at high levels you know come come to the MLS and uh you know I think especially I think the the best part of it uh, and my and my favorite part is to see the young South American players come you know I think that's amazing because a lot of these guys have so much talent and, and potential to go to Europe and instead they choose to come to the, they, they choose to come to the MLS you know and 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 for these clubs to be able to compete with big clubs in the world financially um, that you know that that's a big saying about what clubs are willing to do to bring in uh, you know, the high talent.
3: Yeah, 100 percent, Paul. I definitely agree. I mean, sky's the limit, and it's amazing to just see the soccer development, seeing players from abroad coming over from South America. It's just been amazing to watch. And you know, we Absolutely. just had MLS 25 and season 26 starting right now, so it's it's been amazing. And hey, Paul, just as a follow-up to that, uh, now you being in DC, I wanted to ask you, what was the experience like, uh, playing with Wayne Rooney and just has a two part of that. Like, what were some of the guys that you looked up to, you know, being in DC for a couple of years? Um, I was just looking at the list of some of the guys that you've played with Quincy Ameriqua, who's been on our show. Amazing guy, uh, Bill Hamid, uh, Patrick Mullins, uh, DeLeon, Lucho Acosta, so many, so much top talent. So I wanted to ask you like, who were, who were some of the guys that you looked to when it, for advice or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Wayne, Wayne was amazing, man. He was, uh, he, he was unreal. Like, you know, as a human being, he was awesome. And as a player, you could see, I mean, the, he was just his pure talent, you know, like the things that he's able to do, you know, 99% of us will never be able to do. And and it was just, it was awesome to to play with him. And he was such a humble guy. He didn't care. He, he wouldn't talk about, you know, any of his past. if you never asked him about his past um, which kind of says a lot about, about the guy himself. And then as far as guys that, that um, you know, I played with, obviously, I love Lucho. Um, I think he's an amazing player. Obviously, I wish um, he'd still be around um, just because of how, how he, he would always make me better. He made my job easy. And um, yeah, I mean, Patrick Mullins. I mean, all these guys, you know, since I've been on D.C., you know, we've always had good guys, good group of guys, guys that are willing to work and, and, and guys who are selfless. Uh, you know i don't think it's any surprise that dc we're not we're not a team made with superstars and we're not going to go out and you know you know buy buy the most expensive guy in the world
2: Um, and and so usually it's always it's always good guys which is which is great to be around and speaking about dc i'm sorry to disappoint you paul but uh i'm actually a new red bull fan and (laughs) one of the things that i wanted to ask you is you know, the rivalry, the preparations before the game. And, you know, obviously you scored a goal against us. And I love the Eagles celebration. <laughs> how, how, how are those games played? Uh, what is the mentality going before the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Red Bull is, is, is a rival team. You know, at least us in, in D.C. it is. And, and I'll be honest with you, since I've been on the team, I think I might have beat Red Bull one time. So for me, there's even more of an itch to, to whenever we play them to win. I mean, I love their style. I love the way they play. I think it, it's, it's a very difficult team to play against. And uh, you know, it, it, it is a rivalry, right? Like you feel it, uh, you feel it in the stands, especially at Audi field, of course. But yeah, I, it's just, it's just one of those games. Like you don't need much to get up for it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it speaks for itself. You know, you've lived it and, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's it's awesome i mean yeah i very i very much dislike the red bulls uh in a healthy way but um no it, it it's great it is it's honestly amazing
3: and hey paul uh, one of my last questions before i pass it over to Hugh to close it out i wanted to ask you obviously we've had other midfielders on 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 our show but you, we consider top talent as well. And I wanted to get your takes for anyone who's playing soccer out there at the college level, at the youth level, in your own words, kind of what defines a good midfielder? What are some good characteristics to have, um, you know, just for our soccer audience, um, the young audience, who's kind of, who may, who definitely may look up to you.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, obviously I feel like, uh, you know, I'm definitely, a, I'm definitely an outside midfielder, right? i definitely a, a winger slash outside midfielder. Of course, I could play you know, right back, right wing back, you know, kind of all, all over the right side of the field. But definitely, I think like the understanding of the game is crucial, you know, and, and I only think that that's, that's really happened for me over the past few years. But as far as like technique wise, I think like, you have to really know what position you play, right? Like if you're a center midfielder, you have to make sure you're always checking your shoulder, know where you know where your surroundings are, you know, making sure your, your turns are clean, your touches are clean. Um, you know, if you're an outside midfielder, you, you want to be able to get up and down the line, you know, know how to use your, you know, use your back, uh, to, to kind of dictate where, where the line is, and then be able to see the field in front of you, which is the beauty of being an outside midfielder is that you don't have to worry about what's behind you because you kind of see everything to your left and to your right. And, and, and obviously of course, crossing, which, you know, I'm not the best at, but, but, you know, I, I give it, I give it my best every time, but uh, you know, like really it, it, it's one when you're young it's so crucial for for your your technical ability and your development to, to to do the right things and to check the minor details you know receiving with the proper foot making a pass not not just not just hard but but you know controllable for your teammate uh, movement off the ball all these things I mean everything is so crucial in soccer I think it's that's why it's so fascinating is because it, it's it's the little things that 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 people do and they make it look so easy, but it, they're so difficult to do all together. Um, and you know that's obviously what what makes the best players in the world the best players in the world. But yeah, and also I, I you know I think for me, what what's gotten me to where I am is is heart, you know, heart and grit and and not giving up, uh, and and being you know being a guy that, that people can rely on, you know, for energy, regardless if you're having a bad game, regardless if it's 3-0 uh, or you're you know you're down a man, or you're winning two zero. I mean. You know, you, you always need you always need guys that uh, to 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 give it. You know, they're 100, uh, percent. and that's something I obviously pride myself on. Is is that you know I, I'm I refuse to get uh, outworked, and that's kind of gotten gotten me to where I am. Um, obviously, with with a little bit of technical ability and and some finishing here and there.
0: And now that we've gotten the 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 more serious material uh, out of the way, I'd sort of like to touch on something that that maybe maybe is maybe is serious but I I, I'm not I'm not too sure so I've told this story but I I don't think I've told this story to a guest before you know when I when I first started playing soccer at the park I would do like tricks against all like the older guys playing pickup and I get stepped on all the time so I like you're you're a very good dribble of the ball and, and that's part of the your game that I I really enjoy watching but is there ever a time where you need to like maybe spite someone a little bit and you have like a, like a signature skill you go to that just like this guy is absolutely terrible. Like he's, he's, he's making me angry. I'm going to hit him with this. Like, do, do you have something like that? Uh, I
1: probably, if someone's making me angry, I'll probably hit him with an elbow to the gut. I'll be honest. with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what? I I really don't, you know, like obviously like, for me, it's for me, you know, the, the best I think my best part of the game is, is the ball, you know, the movement off the ball. You know, and I've kind of said in my career, you know, in my career is give the ball to the good guys and just help them out when when they need help. Um, and, and, you know, that that's been something that's been something for me, knowing, you know, what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. But no, I mean, recently I've started to hit a couple stepovers step overs here and there, uh, which I enjoy. And at times, obviously, I juke myself out. No problem. But you know, when it works, when it works, it works. You know, sometimes you gotta risk it to get the biscuit. So, you know, I'd, I'd probably hit a, I'd probably hit a couple step overs if, if I was if I was facing a guy that uh, that I really need to, to shake him down.
0: Yeah, I, I I've definitely tried a couple of those, but the, the juking myself <laughs> out is, is much more more prevalent. Um, and then, obviously, in in the same sort of vein of of having fun with the game, uh, usually there's sort of serious affairs in, in nature, but training with the national team, uh, you know, like it seems, it always seems like even though you're, you know, you're, you're working all day, it's a really fun experience. So could you maybe tell us a little bit about like, what's it like being in those national team camps before something? And who is the most annoying player to train against from the men's national team? Because I like, I feel like I have a hunch on maybe a few guys, um, but like, who's who's the one the one player I've been playing against in the in, in national team camp that you're like, man, I really wish this guy had had like you know got, been called up for somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I would definitely say, off the top of my
1: head, probably Weston McKinney. Um, you know, who who's just overall his personality just glows and and just you know shines so bright. Uh, and on the field, he does amazing things. Right. Um, and also I throw in, um, Christian roll um, you know, who, who's just a winner, you know, and, and some of those things, you, you know, being a winner, you can't teach that, you know, that, that's something that that's within you. Um, and usually if, if, you know, if, especially in the January camps, obviously, um, you know, when I when I've been with him, it's like I want to be on his team. You know, because if not, I'm like, man, I think there's a good chance this guy's gonna win. Uh, and, and you know, you need those guys. you need those guys on your team because you know, you want to win. Um, but yeah, Weston definitely definitely is 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 tough, um, and at the same time a goofball. Uh, and Christian Roldan is a winner, um, but it's fun, man. It it really is funny. You know, it's hard work. Uh, you know, it really is hard work, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're kind of getting, you're getting together with a bunch of your buddies. Um, and, and it just happens that, that you guys are, are some of the best players, you know, in the country at the time. And, And so it's fun, you know, especially when you get a lot of time, uh, to be with each other, uh, you know, you really build a good bond and a good friendship. Um, and that makes it that much better when you're on the field, uh, you know, playing for your, for your nation.
0: Yeah. I, I've, I've always, I've always seen like, you know, the Instagram stories from, from men, like the, the, the the team camps. And I'm like, damn, that seems like fun. But then I remember that you guys can't order pizza for delivery. And it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Um, (laughs) 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 But um, wrapping it up, and and this is, I think, our last question for the day, I know you talked about uh, how, you know, you really sort of, Uh, after coming back to high school decided that being a a professional player was your, you know, your thing, you didn't really want to go into another career path. Um, So not sort of a little bit in the vein of like, what would you have done? Had you not become a professional soccer player, but also maybe uh, post your career? Is there anything you're sort of looking forward to or something maybe you'd want to pursue in in the technical realm or, or anything post soccer?
1: Yeah, when I was when I was younger, when I was in high school, I thought, you know what, I want to be a, a sports therapist. But then I but then I took biology, and then I realized that you need to know, uh, you know, everything and anything about science and how your body moves and this and that. And then I said, well, that's not going to work for me, is it? Uh, so at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I better be a soccer player. And Then I thought agent. But then, so then I said, you know what, maybe you know, maybe I like to be an agent. I like to talk to people, you know feel like I have a decent personality. Uh, but then when I was a professional, you travel so much and you miss so much, you know, you miss the little things you miss, you know, going out with your friends, you miss weddings, you miss birthdays. So then I said, you know what, I'm not, I can't do that. Cause then you travel too much. So honestly, right now, I, you know, I'm, I'm at the moment, I, you know, I would love to just be a, a youth soccer coach. I would love to develop, um, a Paula Riola, um, you know, and 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 just be there with my family uh, when I have a family. You know, to to be able to enjoy the little things in life uh, that sometimes you take for granted, like you know, showing up to a birthday or or picking your kids up from school, different things like that. So that's definitely kind of uh, where my head's at at the moment.
0: And ordering delivery pizza, I'm gonna absolutely let that one go. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
3: Hey, Paul, now we want to thank you so much for your time. And I mean, we're so thankful that you came on our show. Uh, we, we love to learn from you guys and, you know, coming coming straight from the source on just kind of playing over in Mexico, the U.S. men's, uh, you answered it all. So we want to thank you so much for that. And we'll be keeping an eye on you, man. I mean, uh, Christian says he's rooting for you unless it's against the Red Bulls. Well, so.
2: The only D.C. United jersey out <laughs> where is yours, okay? and That's, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> thank you so much for everything paul no thank you guys appreciate it
3: all right guys that was the interview with paul Ariola. christian always got to go to you man what you learned from him <laughs> that was a good interview man
2: oh man paul is so humble he said that he doesn't speak too much spanish uh he's really fluent you gotta see those uh interviews down in mexico pretty pretty cool guy man it's just something uh, special to learn from him uh yes i will wear this united with polar real name, but you know that's just out of love rebels all the way paul
3: all right eric want to get your thoughts before we get out of here man uh you gave us some good takes you know you, we got your take for the final but uh anyway man we got to get out of here uh say peace out to the fans real quick
4: oh man thanks everyone for listening you know uh man i have to take huge lines you know follow us on twitter instagram <laughs> you know uh, subscribe to our YouTube page you know where we post content uh, we try to post content as much as possible Instagram we're definitely always posting content Christian is always leaking you know all our interviews but you know we love it we love it we love it you know follow us listen to us and again thank you for all the fans I'm looking forward to these Euros as, he would,
3: as he would say follow Christian for the preview to the preview uh, and, to, and to Gallo and voss we want to thank you guys so much for being on the show I'll let you guys say peace out man Gaio
6: Thank you so much for having me again, you know, it's, 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 I lose count how many episodes I've been on here, but you know, just being able to talk about what we all love and, you know, it like, like Ronnie says, it feels like a month, uh, but it's been <laughs> for two weeks already. So just so much happening, you know, just one thing, it's coming home. All right? <laughs>
3: Take care, guys. Yeah, 100%. I feel like two weeks is like a whole soccer calendar in, in, a, in a year. So, <laughs> And Vas, thank you so much for being out with us, man. Uh, say what you want to say to the fans real quick before we get out of here.
5: Well, I want to have a big thank you to you guys for having me on again. It's always a pleasure just talking the beautiful game. It seems like time just s- slips through our fingers when we just start talking about uh, the thing we love most. And uh, thank you guys for having me again, Kayo. I don't think it's coming home. Italy got this. <laughs> guys,
2: thank you again. <laughs> oh, man. And by the way, congratulations to Paula Riola for making the Gold Cup roster. Him and Sebastian Leggett are going to kill it. So thank you. Of course, Joanna, thank you for making this happen. Thank you so much for listening, guys.
3: Yeah, we want to give a huge thank you to Joanna for making that possible. A shout out, of course, to our NYCFC guys, Sean Johnson and James Sands for getting called up as well for the Gold Cup. And yeah, to all the soccer fans, we want to say thank you so much for, for the support. Episode 29, we'll be back in the next week or two for episode 30, the Big 3 you only turned 30 once. That's so going to be a big one. We're not going to give Tell it out yet. It. Christian, we got we got Christian Block right now. Can't, he can't post anything yet. But uh, <laughs> now we're excited for episode 30 coming up. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Paul Ariola. Paul, thanks so much again. And yeah, Ronnie from the Soccer Subs. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll see you guys in the next week or two. Take it easy, guys.